And look at it go. He could go all the way. Touchdown. 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 The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Coming up the middle. Free safety. Gotta get it go. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Come on and shout. Kelly with a deep drop takes a long look. He's got a man open. Andre Reid, he's in the end zone for a touchdown. How do you do? One second remaining on the clock. Jack Eichel wins it in overtime. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna. Nobody. Circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 76 of One Before I Die. Another day, another dollar, another week gone by, and we are back for another episode. Ethan, how are you doing over there? How was your weekend? Um, how's life been since I've last talked to you? A little bit more Everton watching, or is that kind of settled down with the Sabres back now on track here? No, full force. I mean, I was up and at it early on Saturday morning. Big game. I was like backing up. I had an unreal Saturday of viewing experience because I mean, I just had all all three of my teams going at the same time. So I, I I have a I don't know if I mentioned it on here, but I have a three TV set up in my basement at my apartment, and all three TVs were full force. I had the Sabres Devils game going. I had the Everton Liverpool game going, and the UConn Villanova game going. So it was just, I had myself a Saturday, almost went three for three on my parlay, but um, surprisingly, the Sabres weren't the team that let me down on Saturday. It was, it was UConn, but Everton got the dub. It was a huge dub for them. Sabres, we'll get into them. I don't, I could really care less if they won. I just wanted them to win because I had them in my parlay, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm had a good weekend, ready to talk some Sabres. I guess maybe I'm not ready. I don't know. I'm just sick of this team, so. So does that win on Saturday not really change your your mood at all about them? Zero. All right. Well, let's get into it then, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of right there with you. So th- this past week, before we uh, kind of dive into to everything, we talked last week, obviously, and it was um, before the Sabres came back. We record Monday nights, obviously. And so we, we recorded before that first Islanders game back, which was the first game for the Sabres in over two weeks because of the COVID protocols and everything. Uh, we kind of gave our take on what we thought about the Sabres coming back to action, you know, what we're really expecting from them considering the start that they've had and just everything going on with the organization. And, um, and, and then the games obviously happened and, and now we're finally back. Sabres are, you know, ha- we, we have a week behind us here and they played the Islanders a couple times and then they played the Devils on Saturday and now they play again tonight, uh, last night for you guys as you're listening it back with the Islanders again. So this is like deja vu, like all over again. It seems like we're just repeating last week where we're recording right before the Islanders game where we were being very negative and for all the right reasons because we we seemed like we were kind of spot on. It seemed like we almost watched the game and then came on to record because mm-hmm. it wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, we, we got the Islanders again for no, another... I think they play... What, did we play them a couple times this week or what? Or is it just tonight? No, it's just tonight. I think it was a game that originally got 
postponed because of our COVID break, but got the Islanders tonight or when you ever listen to this last night, uh, devils Tuesday devils again, Thursday, and then, uh, back to back Saturday, Sunday against the flyers. All right. Yeah. So we're kind of getting back in the swing of things, playing a bunch of these teams at the same time, just kind of making up for these postponed postponed games. But I guess we'll just start back with uh, kind of how I asked you, you know, the, the Sabres obviously won finally on Saturday. It's the devils. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said, you know, does that kind of change your mindset at all after they had kind of a couple horrific games earlier in the week against the Islanders? And you said no. And and I got to say, I'm right there with you. I wasn't even really into that uh, Devils game at all. Um, I guess I'll start off this episode by saying, you know, one thing I kind of had jotted down here, which was kind of different for me in uncharted territories that I haven't really been like myself is, is that when it's Sabre season rolls around and usually no matter how bad they are, even over the past few years, it's it's probably gotten a little bit worse, but it's still I, I still very much enjoy watching the Sabers. And I know we touched on it last week with like being excited, but I think this is another step that's kind of it kind of got to me without it, I even know this was gonna happen. And that's that I'm not even really like planning my my nights or my days or anything around these games anymore. It's almost hey. it's almost getting to that or not almost, it has gone to that where so they played um Tuesday last week, and then they played the the next game against the Islanders was what Thursday or the Caps was Thursday. They it played uh, Monday, the Islanders, Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah, so that Thursday game against the Capitals. Um, you know, I like to go to the gym after work, so it, when I when I have time, I try or at least like back in the past, you know, I'd go to the gym or whatever, and you know that the Sabers games are usually early on earlier on in the night around seven o'clock. They're and they're not later like prime time talking eastern time here and so you know you get out of work at around at least me you know five five fifteen ish you kind of got to try to squeeze in whatever you want to do before the savers game starts that's how it used to be right it's like all right i can i can squeeze in an hour workout here i can i can maybe have a little snack i can eat a little bit i can do this but i want to be set by seven o'clock because that's when the game starts i want to be sat in my couch you know before the national anthem is on maybe even catch a little bit of pregame it's my night is wrapped around that so i need to make sure at least no matter what i do i'm back by the tv with the you know my hand remote in my hand and it's on at um at seven o'clock Mm-hmm. Thursday night rolls around and, you know, I go to the gym and I'm, you know, getting grinding it out, trying to get back into shape, whatever it is. And I know very much so that the game's coming on at seven o'clock against the Capitals. I, I, I know a hundred percent. It's not like I forgot or whatever. I had zero rush to get back and turn on that game. I, I got back when you may be like, it was 10 minutes into the first period and I sat down and I, I started watching the game and I had, and I felt no shame. I wasn't, I wasn't pissed that I missed a little bit of it went up and take a shower and intermission. Didn't care how long I took there. Cause if I missed some of the second period, honestly, that was better for me. So I didn't have to watch this team. That's where I am at this point. Saturday rolls around. They play the devils. You know, I'm, I'm hanging out with like all my buddies. I usually I'm like, yo, the Sabres play at 12. I'm going to get back and watch this game. I, I kind of strolled in a little bit late. It's like, yeah, I knew the Sabres were playing. I don't really care though, because I don't want to watch this team. So that's where it's gone to at this point where it's, it's usually I'm re- You know, like you said last week, you were like, all right, at least I can get back and, and plan my schedule around the Sabres. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm more excited about than actually watching them. Now it's, now it's to me, I'm not even planning my, if I have something going on, well, you know, Sabres take a back seat at this point until they show me something until, until they, get on the same page with the, the fan base and the, the, you know, we'll get into the kind of the crazier stuff going on in the actual lineup later, but that's where I am right now. Where is if I'm missing a little bit of the games, I'm not even mad. Yeah. I mean, 
it's going to sound crazy because I said this last week where I was, or was it last week? Yeah, last week when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm excited that they're like at least back in our lives. It only took a week for them to ruin that because I'm, I'm ready for another, another COVID break. Kind of like you said, you know, if they went on another break, you wouldn't really miss a beat. Like it was kind of freeing not having to watch them. And that's kind of how I feel right now. It's like, uh, you know, it's a chore on my list. You know, I got to do the dishes, got to do my laundry, got to watch the Sabres. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. And like you said, like if I go and, uh, you know, I have to go to the bathroom mid game, I'm not really rushing back. I'm not really planning my bathroom breaks, breaks around intermissions, you know, God, I'll go to the bathroom on the PP at this point. But, um, I mean, if you're taking it like if you're taking a dump, I mean, that's going to take at least 20, 30 minutes. So you're not really planning around that. <laughs> not going to comment on that. But uh, yeah, it's it's just bad. And I think, you know, maybe we talked about this a little last last year. And it's getting to that point, you know, it's you don't even feel kind of like upset at anymore at this point. And it's, it's oh, getting not at all. I don't. I I used to be upset when I when we get scored on or whatever. Now I'm like, wow, that oh Pajot with another bar down side. That's just kind of <laughs> sick. <laughs> and and it's and it's bad. Like that's that's how you know things are getting bad when you when you turn from anger to apathy. You know the fan and it's you kind of see that around the fan base. It's people aren't even getting mad anymore. It's just like you don't care, and that's when you you know fan bases turn on a team and, and that's when problems start arising. That's when teams start moving. Um, I mean, if you look at fan bases across the league and what, what separates like an unreal fan base from a fair weather fan base, right. Is the fan bases that live and die with their teams. You know, you look at like a fan base, like the Leafs, they've had bad teams, but I mean, those guys are just psychopaths, right? They, you have, t- you know, but then you have teams like the Hurricanes, right? Nobody cares when they're bad because nobody cares about the Hurricanes in Carolina. So it's kind of scary, you know, Buffalo being a hockey town. When you go from not caring about the Sabres being bad anymore, it's like, whoa, are, you know, are we potential at risk of losing his team or are they not going to start selling out games anymore? Are we not, you know, are we just moving on from them? And, you know, it's hard to blame the fans at this point because we've been doing this thing for what, 10, 15 years now. And it's the same product. So I get, I, you know, I get the rebuild and the cycle of sports franchises and how things kind of work in the NHL where, you know, yeah, yeah, teams have windows where they're good. And, you know, we had that window in the late 2000s. Um, you know, obviously we missed our mark there. And then we were expecting a rebuild, especially with, you know, with our core of like Miller, Breer, Drury, you know, Fennigenov, those guys, Vanek, they all left. So we were expecting a few down years. But when the rebuild takes, you know, going on almost 15 years now, what it feels like, you know, close closer to 15, it's just unexcusable. I mean, it's a, it's a sheer... Uh, incompetence and it's a uh, sheer lack of um, accountability. Um, and, and what's crazy about it is, is the um, anniversary of the Pagula ownership change came, I think like yesterday or today. I don't know. I think I saw it on Twitter. I think um, it's today, but as people are listening to this yesterday, so Monday, yeah, the 22nd, uh, as, we're, uh, as we're recording this 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, where look where that team was then and look where it is now. 
from a success standpoint. You know, we haven't made the playoffs since they took over. I don't think we've had a winning record since they took over. And we, you know, we've we've just had horrible contract after horrible contract, starting with um Airhoff right when they took over, Villy Leno right when they took over. And then you look at some of the contracts that we have now. I mean, you got guys like Oposo. I mean, we're gonna get into this, but Jeff Skinner's contract's not looking too great with what's going on with him. And so I think it's just it's a it's a it's a literally a, a sheer incompetence from the from the ownership group. And and it's sad to see that because you know that they I, I really do believe that they that they care about the Sabres and the city of Buffalo because you look what they do on the on the on the football side of things and it's you know it's a completely different story. <clears throat> but I mean, you, you want to talk about what they've done with the Sabres. It's it, you can't you can't use what they've done with the Bills as an excuse for for what they've done with the Sabres. I mean, they're two different Definitely. franchises. Um, you know, just because one team's good doesn't give you an excuse to just derail the other one. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm, I, you can't use the excuse that, you know, running two sports franchises takes a lot of time or whatever. And, you know, if it's an effort or resources thing, that's just bull crap because then you shouldn't, you should sell the team. Um, and, and let me hop in here quick. I think you hit the nail on the head too, when you said, um, it, that teams in the, in hockey, the way it goes is kind of, they have windows, right. And then you kind of rebuild and, is there's a cycle and, and as fans, you have to be kind of patient. Right. But I think that's why it's so upsetting. And that's why it's, people are starting to lose so much interest is because you, you got to understand that we had that rebuild cycle, but we've been kind of in that rebuild cycle for the last 10 years. So I get it once, you know, we and, had our, what our, like you said, we had our window, uh, Briere and those guys. And yeah, we weren't expecting to be good a few years after that, but it's just the fact that it's been so long. And in hockey, it's not that hard to make the playoffs in general. So even if you don't have a great team, it's the fact that we haven't really sniffed making the playoffs and that rebuild has gone on much, much longer than well, it should have. And and would you, like, if you pulled the Sabres right now from top to bottom, from front office to the coaching staff to the players, would you, and you ask them a simple question, are we in a rebuild right now? It would be, I would say it would be overwhelmingly no. Like they would right. consider this team that they have right now not to be a rebuild team. No. Like you have so many top five draft picks on this. And that, that goes back to what, you know, what the fans are seeing, right? It's like the. Yeah. And that's, the, that's why I'm the, saying is why yeah. it's so frustrating. The right? ownership group is, you know, they, they said, you know, we're going to go through. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't a secret, right? Like we were saying, like back in the, you know, 2011, 2012, those years, like we knew what we were signing up for. You know, we were openly tanking for Jack Eichel that season, right? Everybody was literally rooting for the Sabres to lose. And we were okay with that because we knew we needed those guys. We needed a number one center. We needed a star. We lost all of our stars. You can't win in the league without a star. And so we, we went and got Jack Eichel. Okay, we get him. And we still were like, okay, we, we're, we're not going to be, you know, it's not going to take him to turn this franchise around. But what it's taken five or six years of the same exact re results having him and then adding players like Sam Reinhart, players like um, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, like these other high draft picks that we've literally tanked for. It feels like we're tanking every year at this point, and we're st and and like I said, we're we're considered like if you ask the front office and you ask the players on this team, we're not in a rebuild anymore. Yet we're getting the same results as when we were. So exactly. That's so, the that's the point I was trying to make is 
you you have the windows, you have the rebuilds, you have these phases, and we've been in, we we went through the rebuild. Now we're not supposed to be that anymore anymore, and so there's not, and we're still not scratching the surface of making the playoffs. So that's why it, we that's why it's different. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, as fans, we have all the right now as opposed to like fans in Detroit or something, right? Where they had a, yeah. a crazy run and now it's very clearly the rebuild and it's only been, they've only been bad for a few years now and, hope, and you know, hopefully for them it starts picking up a little bit more. But basically our situation right now is if Detroit is still the same level of, you know, play where they are at right now, but in like 10 years. So like that's, if you put it into perspective, it's like as a Detroit fan, you're obviously not expecting to win right now, but imagine, you know, you, you thought you went through all the pieces and all the misery. Now, 10 years goes by, you have, or, you know, seven to 10 years goes by, you have like Larkin and all these young pieces and, or now, you know, they're, they're vets. Right. And that's where we are right now, except we're not winning. So it's that elongated period where it went from, you know, we were pretty good. Then, you know, you dipped that back down and then, it just, it just, it doesn't get better. And I think I also really just want to hit back on home. Like I said earlier about it's, it's a lot different than other sports hockey. It's not hard to make the playoffs. If you're a okay team, you, you don't have to be crazy number of wins above 500. There's teams that sneak in and this might be like a, a, a knock on hockey where this is a completely different conversation. Some people might not, might not like the the playoff system, but the fact of the matter is, is you don't have to be a crazy good team to make mm-hmm. the playoffs. So yeah, it's not like football and baseball, right? So like whether you like it or not, we can have that conversation at a different time, but you, you know, as the Sabres, you should be able to at least over the past couple of years, get in as the seven or eight seed and, and just give, you know, a little of excitement to the city and, and, you know, and the fans. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess, I, the most frustrating part for me too is I don't see a, like a path forward to get out of this. Like, I don't know what needs to happen next. Like I, I, you know, during our rebuild years, I think you could always pinpoint to say like, we need to upgrade at this position or this guy like stinks and this, we need to, you know, mm. get someone else new here. Like, and I, I still think I, there is a little bit of that, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Like I, there's definitely places where we're, we're, we're weak right now. Obviously everybody's going to point to goaltending. That's definitely weak, but it's not the same. Like you, you should. Like every team's not going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Every team's not going to be like the best at every position, right? And and you could still make the playoffs, like we're talking about now. And and to me, like the the team that we have with the talent we have, there's no excuses anymore. Like, yeah, there are positions that you can point to where we need to get better. But to me, it's like, okay, this off season, what are we going to do now to make our team different than this year? Because this right. offseason, we went and signed the biggest free agent that was on the market. And it seems like we didn't do that. Because <laughs> yeah. we're getting the same exact results. So that's the most frustrating part to me. Like, I'm kind of, like, lost. And I don't, and I don't know what to say at this point. Yeah, well, I have, I have one thing that I seriously want to talk about. But before we transition to that, which I actually think this might be a good time to get into it. Because you're asking, you know, what can we do? Um, but I, I did want to bring up this funny story that I saw online just be a little bit more lighthearted here before we get back into <laughs> nagging the Sabres again. But I did. And I mean, this is still kind of negative. But it was just a funny story. Um, I just, I don't know, I wish I took a screenshot cause I forgot, you know, who the person was or whatever. But I remember seeing a story last week about obviously how teams around the league for every sport, like have paper uh, fan cutouts in the stands, right. Where you can like pay to have your cutout in the stands, a, a picture of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I said, <laughs> I saw something online where uh, a Sabres fan was like, yeah, so I paid, you know, to have a cutout of my aunt who died 
uh, put in the stadium just as like a homage to her. You know, she was a big Sabres fan. He, and I saw him, he was like, at this point, like, I just want her out of the stadium so she doesn't have to be living and seeing, <laughs> seeing what's going on in the stadium um, as she's up in heaven or whatever. So it's just like, it's just like little funny stuff like that where it's like getting, it's getting to that point where people are like, hey, I, I paid, I paid for this to be a fun little thing for my dead aunt to, you know, to, because she was a big Sabres fan, get her in the stadium as pay, pay a little respects to her, but get her out because she does not deserve to be seeing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I how she's feel- spending her dead years right now is watching this team play. Like, no, thank you. <laughs> I got to feel the like, same about, you know, Papa and Nana, like our grandparents. <laughs> like, I could only yeah. imagine if, you know, if Papa was still around right now, he would, I, I guarantee he probably wouldn't even watch one game at this point. No, he'd be yeah. fed up. He'd yeah. Be, no, he, he'd be done. Um, but all right, so moving back on to you, I kind of want to throw that story in there. But you were like, I don't know what to do at this point, right? It's it's like it seems like we we try to do all these pieces and blah blah blah. What we need to do is seriously think about. And I've been, I mean, I've been kind of on this train for a while, but I've been trying to you know step back a little bit because he is only in his second year, or whatever. But it is time to fully initiate the fire Kruger movement, and I and I don't even and. I don't even care if we, he can stay in the organization. I think he has value. I just don't want him to be the head coach of this hockey team. And I understand that he has good relationships with players and it seems like the players like him and they always took great about him. He has connections around the league. Like I said before that he was a huge reason why Taylor Hall was brought in because of his past relationship with him. This sounds exactly like the guy that should be in hockey operations, right? He he has conversations with his players that are taking their minds off the game a little bit. He can network around the league, stuff like that. But it's just time to get rid of this guy. And when general managers, new general managers come in, at some point, they like to hire their own guy. And Kevin Adams was obviously hired as the GM for this year after we fired Jason Bowdero and and Ralph Kruger was not the guy that Kevin Adams hired. So whether, you know, on the surface to the fans, if it looks like that these guys have a great relationship because you're watching that, uh, whatever it's called behind the embedded gold or yeah. Sabres embedded where they're talking about Brandon and Taylor hall and they look great together. GMs like to get their own guy and they like to hire their head own head coach. They like to kind of take over and, and you know, run their own thing. So I think it's a matter of time and I wouldn't honestly be surprised if, they pull the trigger on firing Kruger. And if it's, if he, you know, fires outright and leaves or if they move him somewhere else, I I don't know if that, you know, usually happens, probably not, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they get rid of him. And at this point, I'm just fed up with him, especially with the stuff coming up about Skinner this past week. Um, But that, that's my, that's my thoughts on where to go at this point is to get a new head coach. And I, and the other thing is like, it sucks, right? Because, that's probably also one thing that is, if you look around the league with the more with the franchises that win more, is that they have coaches there for a decent amount of time that they can build relationships with players and they can build longevity and get in the groove. So, yeah, since Eichel's been here, we've had like two, three head coaches. He seems like he has a different head coach every year, but I don't care. It, it, it this is not the guy. This is not the guy. I was skeptical from him from day one, and I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know where your head's at on this, but. I'm ready to, for him to, to leave. I'm ready for him to be out. I, I don't think, I don't see how you can argue against that. Um, you, and I know, right. and, and one more thing before you hop in, I know when teams are struggling, 
right? You can't fire all the players. You, you can't get rid of all the players. You can't cut all the players. It, that's just not feasible. So the, the one thing that people point to is the coach. But I think more in this situation than ever, a lot of a lot of it should fall back on him. So that that's why. Well, and I think a lot of it is he seems to watch different games than I do. And I don't know. You know, I'd love to know how he operates, how he comes to his decision-making. Because I've never seen a coach so out of tune with like lineup decisions to, to the fan base versus like his actual decisions. Like I've never seen the discrepancy in the lineups that he puts out there and the decisions that he makes on who plays and who sits and who plays where versus like a consensus decision. And it's not just like fans. It's like hockey writers and hockey analysts and other people, like other people seeing, we're going to get into this later, but Skinner being a healthy scratch. Well, yeah, let's just get into that now. It's, that's it's just the, mind that's, the, uh, that's the rumor, right? Is that he's going to be a health bomb. For it's this confined. Game. It's confirmed. Oh, it's for sure confirmed. Yes. Okay. So as we're, li- as people are listening to this, they watched the game last night that he, that's Jeff Skinner did not play him. And I don't care how that game went because we obviously didn't watch it yet. It still has not changed my mind. No. And I, I, I don't know. Like you're going to get an analytics. What? Like obviously Skinner isn't scoring goals right now. Newsflash, not many people on this team are. But you look at the chances he creates, right? And I understand he's not finishing goals, and that's what he's paid to do. He's, you know, he's, he's struggling mightily from a production standpoint this year. But for the chances that he creates, he's not. He's just not struggling in that department. He's creating chances. He's getting shots on net. He's forcing turnovers. He's skating hard. And if you watch him... Like with an objective eye versus the other players on this team, he's just playing better than them. And it's simple as that. And it's not like there are other guys on this team that are doing more than Jeff Skinner right now. It's, it's a simple, it's, it's, it's a simple thing, right? So there's gotta be something in, in Kruger's mind, or there's gotta be something behind the scenes going on. That's the only possible thing that I could, you know, maybe, understand because when you guys got, when you got a guy like Kyle Poso that's playing every day and not hearing any I'm not hearing anything about him possibly being healthy scratched or, or anything about his his negative game right everybody seems to love to harp on Skinner I mean not everybody but like it seems like he's just a scapegoat of this team and I don't understand it because he's not playing bad. He's not a liability. You got Oposo out there. You got Riley Sheehan out there. You got Cody Eakin out there. All of these guys are telling me are gonna, are like better on this team to help us score more because right now that's our biggest weakness is we can't score a goal five on five. So you're telling me that Cody Eakin, Caliposo, and Riley Sheehan are going to solve that quicker than playing Jeff Skinner? And I don't understand that logic. So I need to know what, what's going on with that. Because and I'm gonna be a guy that does not care about this franchise until those kind of decisions are out of my life. Until those kind of things I don't have to deal with anymore. That's what makes me go from caring and being angry to not even caring. Because those are the things that you can easily fix, right? And I said that last time. Those are things that 
make us the Sabres. That's what makes the Sabres the Sabres and which makes us have a 10 million year rebuild are these little decisions, these little day-to-day decisions that absolutely hammer us and that prevent us from, you know, getting over the hump to 500, that we lose a bad game that we shouldn't, you know, that we go on these three game losing streaks that we have, we're in the news for these crazy things that we shouldn't be that you got fans complaining about the half, you know, the intermission giveaways. Those are, these are the decisions that spark all that kind of thing. All those things that just rattle off there that make you look like a complete buffoon and the laughing stock of the NHL. So that's what's turning me are these little decisions here from being an angry fan that cares to a fan that doesn't care at all and maybe will watch a game every now and then. And I'm glad you brought up Kyle Oposo too because I was going to if you didn't because how many times in the past year or whatever it's been have we said, wow, I would really love if maybe they you know could scratch Oposo here because he doesn't look right. I know he's a good teammate, but he's just not playing well. But you know what? I don't think they're going to do it because that set, because that contract that he signed, I just don't see him doing it because he's making that much money. Well, guess what? I guess that doesn't matter because Skinner is making more money than all those guys you listed off. So if that was the reason, right, that that's what we all thought, why Oposo wasn't getting scratched when he was playing god-awful is because we accidentally signed him to this bad contract and we don't want that money to go to waste. Well, guess I guess that doesn't matter because Skinner's making eight mil a year and he's getting health bombed like it's no big deal. So that that's obviously not an excuse you can make because it's happening. So th- this all just goes back to why this conversation started with Kruger and why he needs to be out. He he doesn't know. It seems like Kruger doesn't understand his team. I, I've never seen a guy, a, a coach that's yeah. ever understood his team more than him. That's what I'm saying. Especially it's like he watches way, a different game. He he's he's a he's like a he's more of a philosophy teacher professor than he is. When's the last time that we've heard in an interview with a player when Eichel goes on spin chicklets or Taylor Hall talks to the media about Kruger? When's the last time they've said something great about him in a hockey sense, other than? Oh, I, I can talk to this guy about everything. Yeah, he's I like can talk the most interesting guy. man in the world. Yeah, it's like it's like I you that know, doesn't I, help me. With, I don't care if he knows you know every exotic coffee strain in Europe. That doesn't right. help me win a hockey game because that's what it seems like. It seems like they talk about everything under the sun except for their strategy when it goes into playing a hockey game, right? So like. Get, I get it. You like the guy. He's probably a very nice guy. I'm not trying to bash on him as a human being. He's probably a great dude. It's just, it's just, you know, you're, you have a job here that it seems like you don't really know how to figure out and it's, it's really getting, getting frustrating. So it, it's tough. Um, we we got to be the first team ever to sign a guy for close to a max deal and then healthy scratch him in the second year of his contract. This isn't like he's on year seven of this contract. This is year two. So, you know, this just adds to the list things that I was going through, you know, and then 30 seconds ago, another, another, another little Kruger thing here is I was talking to dad about this the other day and he actually brought up a good point. Um, so now board, right. Because of all this COVID thing and all the, there was a bunch of defensemen on the COVID list. So we had to obviously call up some guys from the taxi squad so we could field a team to play a game. And that's the, that's the reason that Will Borgen got a chance to play in the NHL. He has been playing the AHL, it seems like, forever, right? It seems like every year we're like, when will Borgen get a chance to get called up and play? Well, now, because of COVID and because he was Kruger or whoever's making decisions, hand was forced to call him up. And now the other day, Kruger is saying, 
which I don't disagree with him on this, but the fact that he's saying this now, he's saying, wow, this Darlene uh, Borgen pair is looking for, it could be something great for the long term. Well, guess what? So if you're saying if COVID or something like that never happened, would we have not ever, would he, would he have not never have gotten a chance to play in the NHL? Like it, like that seems like you should probably ha- have figured that out by now. It, it's like, how, how have you not figured out that this could be, you know, a great pair moving forward, that he's a pretty good hockey player just because of the COVID virus. And now that he, he gave that chance to him because they had no other options. That's the way they found out. It's like, know your, know your players a little bit more, know what's going on in your system. Talk to your HL head coach, whatever, whatever it is, know, know a little bit more what's going on. Um, so that kind of moves me forward to, uh, you know, the defense here, some other news that came out, and this is, I guess, less more on what you can control, but Jake McCabe, obviously tough to see. He uh, got a, you know, in a little bit of an injury on that uh, Saturday game against the Devils. It was ACL, MCL, and, um, and something else. I think he like tweaked out in his knee. And so he's out six to eight months. So, that sucks. I wish we had another left-handed defenseman, maybe like, oh, I don't know, Lawrence Pilot. So it, it just that that's <laughs> gonna be that's gonna be a tough one to swallow. We don't have like any really like left-handed D now, I feel like, besides Darlene. And um is that our only like left-handed defenseman right now? Who else do we have? And Irwin uh, and Irwin Davidson. Davidson. Yeah, so that's something we're gonna have to figure out. But I mean, I guess I just want to say that's brutal for him. I mean it, we're not the hugest. I'm not the biggest McCabe fan. I think he was playing pretty good this year though. And regardless of the guy, it still sucks to see you go down with an injury like that for six to eight months. I mean, that sucks for him. So I wish him a very speedy recovery. The other defense, what I want to talk about was wrist aligning because he's been having some issues. I don't know if you saw, but he was mm-hmm. obviously on the COVID list. He got COVID and he's been going through some kind of uh, disturbing and scary times uh, with the virus. So I just want to give a shout out to him that hope he gets back and, uh, gets healthy, not just for hockey's sake, but just for himself. I know that he was uh, having like chest pains. He said he was, um, there was times where, you know, when he had it and you went to bed at night, he wasn't sure if he was going to like wake up in the morning or whatever. Like he, he had it pretty, pretty bad. So you, you know, that's where you can throw hockey out the window and make sure that these guys are getting back and healthy and that everything's okay. So, but I mean, other than that, I don't have like anything else then you know, just the stuff we went over. Um, oh, I get the, actually the other note I did have down was I think it's pretty comical how it seems like the only way the Sabres can score now is by an Olsen power play goal. And mm-hmm. it's, and it's literally only Olsen too. Like I know that Reinhardt had a, had a power play goal the other day, but it seems like we go to the power play and if Olsen doesn't score, we're not scoring for the rest of the game. Like, it's just funny at this point. And the, all the goals are snipes too. Like, I mean, shout out to him. Like he's, he's putting up numbers, but it's just funny that we go to the power play. And if Olsen doesn't, you know, snipe top cheddar, we're not scoring a goal. Yeah. I guess I don't, I don't have much to add to that. Uh, it's, I, I, I just went on like a three minute rant about how the Sabres can't score. So it is kind of funny. It's comical, but um you're not going to win a lot of hockey games that way. So that's kind of where we're at, right? You know, we only score by with one guy on the power play. How many times does that happen? Not very often. So if you're not going to score five on five, um, you're not going to win. So yeah. uh, the one thing I did want to say, and because we were talking about, you know, anger versus not caring, I just want to make my announcement that I officially feel this way about Rasmus Darlene. Um, I just don't care if we trade him anymore at this point. Uh, I'm not, not happy with how he's looked. 
I don't see. You Speak know, with I've, your head, not your heart. I am. I. I. I he's been playing know. better. If, if anything, he's been the the least of my worries. No, I just don't care. You know, to me, it's like you know, I had the guys like Eichel. And I basically had Eichel and Darlene as, as guys that were like untouchable to me. And now it's, you know, he's, he's off that list. So congrats. Right, well, Darlene. I want to, I want to be on the record of saying I disagree with Ethan. Okay, and we'll I'd like to reiterate what dad said to us over the weekend when you were going on a rant about Darlene and dad said, he's 20 years old at 20 years old. You were, you were at your frat house in college. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't know, maybe give him a little bit more time than a couple of years. I mean, I was in my intermediate league. I was letting it up more than Darlene. So I mean, well, <laughs> twenty. If we compare our stats to my yeah, intermediate to NHL. Okay. I mean, we're at the same physical like level, like comparatively. Like I was fit to play in that league. He was fit to play in the Wait, NHL. Wait, okay. So did you forget about his unreal rookie year? No, I, I remember that, and he's how he's looked so much worse since then. Yeah. Do you not remember him putting up like forty plus points last year, also in a shortened season? Look, I just just look at his plus minus, and look, look at, at everybody's defense. plus minus on the Sabers, bro. What? But no, I'm. I just, I Darlene looks so much worse out there, and I don't, I don't see any way of him getting better. So I mean, I hope he does. Like I'm not gonna obviously, not, I'm not gonna cheer against the guy now. But I'm, just, I'm just letting everybody know that he's off of my untouchable list. Like I don't All care right. if we trade him at this point. I just, I, I just think it's a little bit. Like he's not even the best defenseman in his draft class, and he was drafted first overall. All right. Well, how many times does that happen every year? Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just. I'm like, does he crack? Does he crack the top twenty defenseman in the NHL right now? Let me just ask you this. Let me just ask you this. Can can you at least retract your? You just said your one statement. You said I don't see how he can get better. Is does that seem valid considering he's still? No, I I like I know how he can get better. I just like watching him play. It's hard for me to see how he can get like how it gets better. All right, well, you know what I mean by that. Like I just yeah, I know. I'm hey, I'm not like super impressed with him this year at all. Like I, I'm not saying he's unreal this year. I actually agree with a lot of the things you've said so far over the this year of Sabres hockey talk. I just. I don't know. I'm just not as hard as on him as you are. It, it, it I think, cause I also think he's been playing a little bit better and whatever. This, this is a conversation that I guess we can, we can revisit down the line, you know, d- during the season or whatever. Um, but looking ahead. So Islanders game last night, devil's game tonight, devil's again on Thursday. And then we got Philly on Saturday. So Sunday. we have five games in seven days. So yeah. Okay. On Sunday as well. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of hockey. Um, We'll come back, I mean, next week, and, and we'll recap this whole thing again. We'll have a lot to talk about, I'm sure of. We'll see what ha- – we'll, we'll monitor the Skinner situation. You know, we'll, we'll see if what happens with him out of the lineup. We'll see what, what happens if he gets back in the lineup at some point this week. We'll see what happens with um, Rista Lyon if he comes back anytime soon. I don't know about that, but we'll see about that. And I guess there's just, like, a bunch of stuff to monitor, and, and it'll be an interesting <laughs> work, week. Also, we'll see if there's any that, you know, Bill's news that pops up. I know that there was J.J. Watt rumblings about him talking to the Bills, but he seems like he's been all over the map, so we're not going to get into that now. Uh, but we'll see if that heats up anytime soon. But other than that, I think we kind of got a lot off our chest here today. It seems like these are starting to become, instead of, you know, weekly talk about what's going on, they're almost more like weekly therapy sessions <laughs> to vent about the Sabres. But... Uh, I guess that'll do it for us and we'll see you next week. Go Bills, go Sabres as always. And
peace. I walk you home.